2: floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom
0: Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti.
2: Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now. The number is one 888 Pit 888 3974 Look around. We know there's a project that is on your to-do list. Why don't you put it on our list and we'll do it together? The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Before you pick up a paintbrush, before you pick up a tool, pick up the phone and call us and let us help. Again, the number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Call us right now with your home improvement question. Hey, you know you've heard us say it, and recent reports have confirmed it. Improving your home's exterior is one of the most cost-effective things that you can do to increase the value of your home. In this hour, we're going to tell you how a modest change to just your front entry can make a big visual and a dollar impact to the value of your house.
0: Mm -hmm. And you know, adding visual impact could be as easy as using potted greenery around your front door. It really does affect your curb appeal. It makes your house look so much warmer and charming. And now that we're in the colder weather months, you know, you can bring all of those pots right inside and you can have a beautiful container garden right in your house. And once spring comes, you've got a jump start on your outdoor decor. Just bring them right outside. So we're going to have tips on how to do just that in a little bit.
2: And one of the byproducts of chilly weather is we are apparently having one of the worst rodent infestation seasons on record. There's more and more of those little buggers getting into all the nooks and crannies and homes all over America. They may be there in your house and you can't even see them. So what do you do about it? We're going to have an expert on from the decon company to give us some tricks of the trade to try to keep those mice and rats at bay and let them not get into your money pit in just a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love that they track this. I think it's excellent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: oh, and, and wait till you hear what the most infested cities in America are too. They've got a survey Some are surprising,
0: on that. some not so much at that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. In this hour, we're giving away a great decorating prize from Party Light. We've got a Hearthside pillar candle holder. This it thing's goes- really pretty. They're beautiful. It goes inside your fireplace, so if you've got small kids, you don 't want to be burning a big fire it 's a beautiful stacking candle holder with many pillars, and then come the warmer months, instant you know beautification to a fireplace that you 're not going to use, so it 's a great prize and it 's worth almost ninety bucks
2: If you want to win it, you have to pick up the phone right now and call us with your home improvement question at one eight 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 money pit. One caller to today 's program will receive that beautiful prize. From Hearthside, the pillar candle holder worth ninety dollars. So pick up the phone and let's get right to it. The number again is one eight 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 Money
0: Pit. Leslie, who's first? Larry in Texas has some questions about a foundation. What can we do for you?
3: I purchased this house uh, back in July. It has a slab foundation, and uh, the foundation had previously been leveled. And uh, the inside the house, it has some cracks around the door frame. So I'm just wondering. Uh, how can I fix that?
2: Okay, well, you bought the house in July, so you haven't really had a lot of time to, a lot of time to determine this, Larry. But is it your sense that uh, the cracks are moving, they're getting worse, or are they, have they always been there?
3: Uh, I think they've always been there, and I've tried to patch them up. I'm just wondering if it's going to continue to crack
2: uh, If else. you've tried to patch them up and they've opened up again, it may be that you didn't patch them correctly. Let me tell you how we recommend you do that. I would lightly sand the area around the cracks, and then I would use fiberglass drywall tape, which is kind of meshy and a little sticky. Cut a piece of that, apply it to the crack, and then use about three layers of spackling compound on top of that. The fiberglass tape tends to be a lot stronger and bridges the two sides of the, of the cracked area and make sure it doesn't move because the area around a doorway or a window is the area of the wall that has the most movement. So developing hairline cracks there is not that uncommon. Nor does it mean that you have a serious structural problem on your hands. It may just be that you didn't patch it correctly.
3: Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take that advice. I appreciate it.
2: You're very welcome, Larry. Good luck with that project, and thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit.
0: Maria in New Jersey needs some help with a cleaning project. What can we do for you?
1: My children got overambitious, and they used a magic marker on a white oak kitchen table.
2: Ah, <laughs> and you don't like the distressed look, huh?
0: Well, no. The permanent <laughs> okay. artwork isn't doing it for you. What the,
2: what the, so the table is uh, natural wood, it's oak? It, it's
1: natural wood, and mm-hmm. it's really a white oak.
2: Okay. So we want to get that marker off, and, uh, you know, it's called permanent marker for a reason, Marie. Yeah, exactly. I know. But there, there is a solution. There's a product called Goof Off, which is very, very good. Uh, It's a product that's designed to clean off all sorts of things that stain surfaces. Mm -hmm. And even
0: sticky surfaces, sticky items as well.
2: Sticker residue, crayon, tar, markers, ink, lipstick, scuff marks, stuff like that. Um, It's available at uh, usually a hardware store or a home center. Ace, True Value, places like that. Uh Uh-huh. And it's made by the bar company, WM Bar Company, and uh, it works very well. I've got some goof-off here because I have three kids. (laughs) And it's a necessary part of the household arsenal of home improvement products to keep everything nice and clean. Mm
0: -hmm. And you know what? Even when I was doing, um, you know, prop work for TV shows and you would never know, suddenly you would need a wine glass for a segment. And the wine glass, of course, had the sticker on it that would never come off. The goof off was always in my kit and it really was a go-to for a lot of different uses. So I, I guarantee once you get it, you'll be cleaning a lot of things with it.
1: Now that product is called goof off.
0: That's right. What your kids were doing. (laughs) (laughs) i think mommy wasn't watching
2: (laughs) marie thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit
0: jim in arizona needs some help in the shower what can we do for you've you got some hard water stains in there
3: yes thanks for taking my call yes it's a 20 year old uh clear glass uh shower stall and Mm -hmm. i had every hammer to try to Get rid of this, the hard water
0: stains. <laughs> that's going to get rid of more than the stains, though. Yeah,
3: possibly. That's that's the last resort.
2: Well, have you used a have you used CLR? Yes, I have. Yeah, that's a pretty good product for the maintenance aspect of this. In terms of the hard water, um, there is uh, a a water softener out there that works very well called Easy Easy Water. Easy Water. Sorry, mm-hmm. just skip me. It's called Easy Water, and and basically what it is, it's an electronic device that is installed at the point where the main water line comes into the house. And it changes uh, the polarization of the mineral salts that are inside of the water and um, does does it in such a way that they don't stick together anymore. And so that water, um, while it doesn't change the composition of the water, it changes the uh, mineral deposits that are in the water so they don't stick to fixtures and shower walls and things like that. I think it's about $1,000, and we've got really good reports on it. They were a sponsor of our show a long time ago and we like the way it works. We've not been associated with them in a while, but it is a good tool and an easy thing for you to install.
3: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
2: You're welcome. Good luck with that. Thanks so much for calling us at one 888 Pit.
0: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair or your home improvement question, even your decorating questions. We are here to help you out 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT.
2: 888 666 3974. Up next, quick and easy fixes to bring out the beauty of your home's exterior. We'll have those tips after this. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
2: Call us to get answers to your most burning home improvement questions and a chance at winning a prize where you can burn a few candles. We're giving away the Party Light Couture Hearthside Pillar Holder. That's a fancy decor word, Leslie. Did I say that right?
0: The couture. Couture, Couture. yes, that means high-end fashion.
2: (laughs) It's a fancy candle holder for your fireplace, okay? Worth 90 bucks, looks great. We're going to give it away to one caller who reaches us at one 888 Pit with their home improvement questions. So pick up the phone and give us a call.
0: And now here's some ways you can add couture to your front door. (laughs) Hey, I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. But seriously, if you're looking for a simple and inexpensive change that can really create a dramatic new look for your front door, all you need to do is change out the hardware. I mean, you don't even think about it. You look at your door, something might be driving you crazy. Maybe it needs a fresh coat of paint maybe it's as simple as changing the doorknob. You can change the doorknob. You can add a knocker. You can change the kick plate, add new hinges, go with a completely different finish on the metal. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can do. Bright brass looks beautiful and is making a big return. All of those antiqued finishes where you get almost a black rub on, say, nickel or brass or copper. I mean, that looks beautiful. So there's a big change that you can make with seriously a subtle change. All you need to do is change out the that hardware and you're going to get big impact on a small buck.
2: And you know there was a survey done by uh, Thermatru some mm-hmm. years ago, and they showed that just replacing your front door that when people per- uh, try to guess the value of your house, they guessed that the house was worth about five times more than the cost of the door. It's so cringing. that front entry, you know, whether you get a new door or simply improve the one you have, makes a big difference on what the perceived value is of your house, and of course the money that you make on the house if you ever have to Sell it so mm-hmm. good improvement to do. 888 666 3974. Got lots of other improvements that you could tackle. Let's get right to those. Leslie, who's next?
0: Lou in New Jersey's got a tricky water heater. Tell us about the problem.
3: Yes, uh, my hot water heater. It seems like as the cold weather comes in the winter, my hot water heater gives me lukewarm water as opposed to hot water. Now, okay. I don't know if it's a coincidence. We <laughs> uh, can't figure. We can't figure out. Well, where the
2: where is the water here located? Is it uh, in your basement or what?
3: Yeah, it's in it's in the basement, and uh, it's a single family home, and there's a uh, you know a garage.
2: And is it gas fired or electric? Yes. Gas. Well, uh, and, and I assume that you have it set to the normal temperature setting.
3: Yes. I okay. Then
2: the only, thing that, the only thing that we're left to consider here is the control circuit. Um, I suspect you have a bad thermostat. You may have a bad thermocouple or just thermostat itself. And it's not obviously measuring the temperature of the water and responding. What's supposed to happen is there's a thermostat that goes into the tank, measures the temperature of the water, and if it falls below whatever you set it at, the flame should come on and reheat the water. That's obviously not communicating with the gas valve properly. And as a result, the water is coming out colder. So I, how old is this water heater? Uh,
3: it's only eight years old.
2: Yeah. You know, it's probably, I hate to tell you this, but it's not worth fixing because to replace the thermostat is going to cost you, you know, half of the cost of a new water heater. I'd rather see it with an eight-year-old unit, just buy a new one. Uh, you know one thing okay. you do check one thing though before you before you do this, check to see if it's still under warranty because some of those water heaters have ten year warranties on them.
0: Really That's the yeah. lifespan.
2: Well, no, actually some last longer but but some of them do. so just double check the warranty. but if it's not under warranty, I'd probably go ahead and replace it. It's time.
0: Tom in Texas is looking to save some energy dollars by adding insulation. How can we help you with the project?
1: Well, I was wondering which is better to add the blow in insulation or buy the rolls and put it between the rafters.
0: Well, it depends.
2: Um, Are you going to be using this attic for access? Uh, Yes. Storage and the like? Correct. And you have a traditional uh, attic frame or is it trusses? Uh, Attic frame. So traditional frame. Well, I like to use the rolled insulation because it's a little bit easier to handle. Now, first of all, you have to remember that most attics should have 19 inches of bad insulation or 22 inches of blown-in insulation. And you're ceiling joists are certainly not that high. So in order to use it for storage, you're going to have to dedicate a certain area of the attic just for the area that you want to use for storage. And the rest of it, you'll need at least two layers of insulation. Put the first one down in between the joists and put the second one down perpendicular to the joists. And make sure that you're using unfaced fiberglass bat insulation so that the insulation breathes. Because if you allow the to trap, mo- trap moisture, it won't be effective. Okay. But that's the way I do it. If it's, an, if it's an area that you're really going to spend some time in and access, I think that the bat is probably the best. If it's an area where it's completely inaccessible, then I think it's fine to go blown in. All right. Excellent. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one 888 Pit. And in Dallas, that will not only keep them warm in the winter, but also cool in the summer. Mm-hmm. Very, very. I mean, it really
0: works both ways.
2: To do that. Yep, exactly.
0: Celeste in Oklahoma is looking for some ways to be energy efficient this winter season. What can we do for you?
1: Um, I, my question is, I've had two or three answers to this, and I don't know which is correct.
2: All right. Well, we're going to sort it out for you right now.
1: I shut off my uh, floor vents and and shut off the air, that, uh, the warm air that comes into two bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then when I go in there and, and decide I'm going to let it get warm, the air acts like it's just trying to force its way out of that floor vent, and I'm wondering if it's more efficient. I can't believe the air would back up and come into some other room. I just can't. It just seems like the air is just trying to get out of that
2: Well, it lower is. Vent. It, it, it is, Celeste, because it's a pressurized system. And by simply shutting off the, uh, the, the louvers to that vent, you're still going to get some air that gets through there. If you absolutely positively want to sort of hermetically shut that off, there's one of two things you can do. You can check to see if the ducts have a damper in them somewhere. Which is sort of like an inline uh, valve which, that closes the airflow.
0: Wouldn't that be by your air handler that's in the house? Typically,
2: yes. Typically. if I if, uh, just
0: go- have 10
1: receptacles. Okay. And I haven't seen any sort of anything. Okay.
2: Inside well, then of the it. second thing you should do is this. You should pull the, you said these are floor registers? Yes. Is it a concrete slab floor or is it a wood floor?
1: It's, uh, we're on a cement slab okay. with carpet.
2: So, all right. So what you want to do is pull the register out. Uh-huh. And then I would take some insulation, some fiberglass insulation, and I would roll it up and gently press it into that duct space to seal off the duct. Okay. And then place the register back in. And this way, if you decide to heat the room in the future, you can pull the insulation out again.
1: Okay. Well, often I, I heated it up, but I just wonder which was more efficient.
2: Well, if you're not going to use that room and you don't care to, to let the temperature go down like that, then that's a way you can do it. I will tell you, though, if it gets too cold and too damp in there, you can get some swollen woodwork. You can get mold that grows on the wall.
0: Fabric is going to be a disaster.
2: Yeah. So just keep in mind that there's there's a downside to completely sealing this off. But simply shutting off the register is not going to do that. You need to add some insulation or some foam padding behind it in order to stop all of the air from coming out. Okay. Thanks a lot. You're welcome, Celeste. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit.
0: If you're tackling a tiling project, you'd be like Paul in Texas. How can we help you with your money pit?
1: Well, we had our master bath remodeled recently. Okay. And the contractor did such a lousy job on the tile that we ended up firing him. Oh, and then goodness. we had to get another contractor to come in to finish the job. And there was several gaps and those sorts of things. And they sealed everything. And we started using the shower, and some of the grout started coming out, like little gravelly, very small, sandy kind of pieces of grout would come out. Okay. So I started sealing it with DAP. And I had a friend who told me, you shouldn't do that. You should tear all the grout out and start over. And I'm wondering what the best approach is to solve this problem.
2: Well, if you've got tiny little pieces that are falling out, it just happens once, and it doesn't seem to be a a perennial problem, then using a bit of caulk to seal it up is probably not terrible. But if you've got uh, grout for whatever reason that was not put in correctly, then in that case you may need to use a, a grout saw and sand out the entire joint and then regrout the whole thing uh, to get the proper adhesion. All right, we'll try that. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit.
0: You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. Still ahead, pest experts, get this, they are warning of a bad rodent infestation potential this season. I love it. It's like the hurricane forecast. It's crazy. I love <laughs> you the, the rodent forecast. It's crazy. So we are going to tell you what you need to know to prevent and help clear out law all those mice and rats you might already have. So stick around.
3: they money.
2: where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, with colder weather taking hold across the country, homeowners should be aware of unwanted guests. Yes, we're talking about mice and rats. They're taking up residence now in 21 million homes across the country, and we are in peak season right now.
0: Mm -hmm. And you know, more than an inconvenience, rodents can be destructive and carry disease. Gross. So here (laughs) to help you learn the best ways to pest-proof before and after an infestation, we've got rodent expert Dale Kalkinen. Welcome, Dale.
4: Well, hello. It's nice to speak with you.
2: Nice to have you. Now, uh, you're doing some work with the folks at Decon, and they did a report I want to ask you about called the Cities Most at Risk for Rodent Activity in 2009. You've got 25 cities here, and the number one city at most at risk is New York, which of Not course surprise. is no surprise. However, right. some of the other cities were surprising. Number two, Atlanta beating even Philadelphia and Chicago, for having a lot of rats and mice. What's going on in Atlanta?
4: Well, in Atlanta, they have a very high foreclosure rate, which ah. you know, leads to a lot of abandoned homes oh. and, and people in trouble. And uh, so that's part of the problem. And just, uh, you know, a, a big city with with a lot of poverty... Um, and uh, they spend less on uh, their structures and their highways than many other municipalities. And that was one of the 17 factors we used when we uh, rated uh, the cities in this survey.
2: Well, that's interesting. And of course, if you live in Seattle, Washington, you're safe because that came in at number 25.
4: <laughs> All right, let's talk correct. about
2: yeah. uh, how you can actually rodent proof your home. It's the winter. Uh, those little fellas are getting chilly and cold and they're coming inside looking for warmth. They're taking up residence in the insulation, in the basement, in the crawl space and in places that you really don't want to see them. What can you do to keep them on their side of mother nature <laughs> and you on the other?
4: Well, it takes some, some work. You have to get down and, and look at things from a road and eye level. You've got to check your your doors and your windows to make sure they're secure. Put sweeps on the doors, make sure your if you have basement, you know, casement windows, make sure they're tight and secure. And go around your home and look and see if there are breaks or cracks in the the concrete or the blocks or the brick because uh, a mouse only needs a hole the size of a dime or less to get in and a rat about the size of a quarter. So, you know, as they say, if you give them an inch, they'll take your yard.
2: Hey, I want to ask you a question, Dale. You know, um, a lot of times you hear people wanting to stand up on couches and chairs, but I understand that mice and rats are pretty good jumpers too, aren't they?
4: Yeah, they are. Although you know, they're probably more afraid of, of you than than you may be of them. But if you do ingra- uh, invade their critical distance, they will jump and bite. And in the Great. laboratory, uh, over my thirty years working with these critters, I I have been bitten numerous times, and oh, they'll even run up your pant legs, which
0: is oh, not a comfortable. Gross. <laughs> All right. Well, besides oh making sure
2: that your your place is secure and
0: your pants are tucked into your socks,
2: exactly. <laughs> um, what about some of the other things that we can do?
4: Yeah. Well, go around. You know, make an inspection. Look for signs. Look for holes. Look for places they've dug out. Look for droppings. And if you find those places, that uh, do what you need to do. Some some patching concrete. Some steel wool. Uh, some some uh, foams. Some caulking and and seal up that house. But of course, if they're already inside, if you're, you're too good at sealing them, you'll be sealing them in,
3: mm-hmm. uh, potentially. Right.
4: So it's best to, to get your bait, get your traps, and take care of any problems inside, and then try to seal them out for the future.
2: We're talking to Dale Kukainen. He's a rodent expert, and I uh, want to find out some ways to keep mice and rats at bay. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about traps.
4: Traps are very good for those people that don't mind uh, the labor, the maintenance of of setting them, and then, worst of all, picking that trap up Mm -hmm. with a dead rodent in it and disposing of it. But for accessible areas where children and pets might be present, where you might not want to place a toxic bait, then the traps are very good. Under the kitchen sink, behind the refrigerator, in the garage, places that you can get to, you can keep an eye on, and you can get rid of the rodent once it's caught.
0: What about those electronic traps i mean i see them so many times at home centers do they have any validity do they work
4: they really don't work i've evaluated them extensively and rodents will get used to them and travel uh, very freely uh, to them they, you can even show that the rodents will come out to feed in the presence of these things so wow. really uh, <laughs> kind i of think thumbing they're their nose the at money. you. and they're unregulated and unfortunately some of the claims made for them are i think extreme
0: now, we, unfortunately, in, in the past summer, caught a rat in our garbage can. I mean, I, in looking at it, really believe that it escaped from, like, the local high school science center because it was <laughs> clean and pretty and we never saw another one. But, of course, I brought a company in to remove the rat and then they put bait traps all over the property, of course, with poison. And I have a small dog who, you know, is not rat-sized but fairly tiny, and I was really concerned about the safety of poison in proximity to my dog, not to mention my one-year-old. Granted, I would never let him near it, but what do you need to be concerned about with pet safety?
4: Well, most of these products have a really good safety record, something like the, the Decon product. Uh, that's an anticoagulant, and those kind of baits have a vitamin D antidote, and it takes an awful lot to kill a, a, a pet. So I think that if they're carefully placed and they're put in some kind of enclosure that only the rodent could get in, then really there's no risk to, to your pets.
2: Dale and a rodent expert. Thank you so much for stopping by the money. But if you want more information on the rodent risk report that Decon put together, you can go to rodentriskreport.com uh, or check out Decon Products at d-conproducts.com. Thanks, Dale.
4: Thanks, folks. Stay warm.
0: All right. Well, container gardening can be a decorative element as well as a way to get your fresh veggies all year long. So we're going to share tips with you on how to do just that next.
3: You're in a Money Pit.
4: The Money Pit Pit is brought to you by Bondera Tile Mat Set the fast, easy way to add the style and value of tile to your home. For more information, visit bonderatilematset.com.
2: Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online. At moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti, and you can be part of the Money Pit. Just pick up the phone and give us a call right now at 1 888 Money Pit. Not only are you going to get the answer to your home improvement question, but we always give away a great prize every hour, and this hour is no different. We've got a Party Light Couture Hearthside Pillar Holder available, up for grabs actually, for free this hour. It's a beautiful accent for any fireplace, and it's really customizable. You know, it's got a simple metal frame that has three snap on panels that you can change to your decor. And it comes with five awesomely neutral white candles. All you need to do is visit partylight.com for information on this great prize. It's a prize worth $89.95. But call us right now for your chance to win one for free at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Pit 888
2: All right, you know, nothing is nicer than the greenery and container gardening is the perfect way to create that look no matter where you live. Here are some ways that you can do that to improve the entrance of your home. In the spring, you can use pairs of terracotta containers containing either boxwood bushes or maybe even dwarf Alberta spruce. Mm. And you can landscape the front entrance of your home and make a real good first impression. But container gardening is not just limited to the decorative element. In the winter, you can also bring those containers inside. And with the right light, you can grow herbs and even some vegetables all year long. We've done it here, and it's fantastic. And with more people doing container gardening right now, what we're also finding is the seed are working on vegetables specifically to be bred in those containers. So you no longer have to limit the containers to just starting the seeds. You can actually grow complete indoor gardens. And if you do it right and do it around an entryway, even if it's a sliding door in the back of the house or even the front entryway, it really can look great.
0: Mm-hmm. And think of all the fresh veggies you're going to be making yourself. How organic can you get?
2: Yeah, you can send your kid out to the front door to pick a tomato.
0: <laughs> and then you salad. know you're truly eating what's in season, which I think is a great thing to think about.
2: is a great thing to think about if you need the answer to your home improvement question. Let's get
0: back to those phones. Joseph in Florida's got a leaky fridge. Tell us about the problem.
3: Well, uh, what it is, is I got a refrigerator. It's had uh, some leaking in the corner by the freezer part, and it's been draining out. And the last time it happened was a couple months ago, and I sealed it up. I put some uh, potting compound and stuff in the inside, the interior of it, well, I was thinking ice was draining out through this, uh, underneath the, from the freezer, Well, we did that, and it lasted fine, so it, was, well, it happened a couple, about a week ago again, it started leaking again. So now we're watching this build up more and more leak and it comes, comes and goes every once in a while. So I'm thinking it's from the water freezing, expanding up the joints, and it starts to get outside the freezer freezer area, and it starts to melt and cause the liquid
2: to mm-hmm. drain. Uh, what kind of freezer is this is this a top top bottom freezer? <laughs>
3: You know it's a stand up freezer it's a yeah, with the refrigerator
2: electric. on the bottom freezer on top,
3: no the refrigerator on the right side and the freezer on the on the left
2: okay. side okay, and only the left side, only the freezer side is leaking
3: right in the in the bottom corner
2: the bottom corner and I
3: thought, yeah, and I checked for if it was do you have water
2: do you have water in the door?
3: Yes, it water feeds it right, hey,
2: Joe, how old is this the refrigerator?
3: It's about eight years old,
2: yep, well, it's probably self defrosting. And the self-defrosting refrigerators usually get rid of the water that's accumulated during the defrost cycle uh, via a drain tube that dumps it into a pan that's at the bottom of the refrigerator. Now, if that tube gets clogged or gets obstructed, the water can back up and then it can leak and show it up exactly as you've described it. So well, you think I check that tube. I would check that tube and make sure it's not obstructed. Because that's why it seems to happen so sort of erratically because it, it waits for the cycle, the water builds up, then you find it, you go looking for it, you know, it dries up, goes away, uh, and then it happens again because it probably only happens when it runs through the defrost cycle. So I would look for that tube and unclog it and that should solve the problem.
0: Right now we're going to head over to Indiana and chat with Cassandra about a pilot light that keeps going out. Tell us about the situation. Yes,
1: hello, we have a manufactured home And we've only been in here about 11 months, but every time the wind gets really strong, it blows out our pilot light on our water heater.
4: Oh, that's annoying. And my
1: husband goes to work, and then I'm here all day with no hot water because I don't know how to turn it back on. Okay. (laughs) And we were wondering if there's a way we could just prevent that from happening.
2: Okay. Well, perhaps some uh, water heater pilot lighting training is in order for you, so that at least you can have... (laughs) Uh, the warm water without waiting for your husband. But I suspect what's happening here, Cassandra, is that the pilot flight is weak. It might be dirty. It might be obstructed and it's not strong enough. So that's why when you get a little bit of wind down the vent pipe, it blows out. So I think that uh, this can be corrected with some service of that pilot line.
1: Just, just need a new pilot line. Who do we call for that? Do you? The next
2: time it? you're, you're going to have your heating system serviced, I would have them replace the pilot line at the same time. Okay. All right. Shouldn't be very expensive.
1: Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much.
2: You're welcome, Cassandra. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. And get your husband to show you how to light that <laughs> pilot. Will you? not that hard.
0: And would it be your heating maintenance company to look at your water heater or would that yeah. be a plumber?
2: And typically your water heater does need a little bit of cleaning because remember, as that uh, gas burns. Well, you get a you lot, lot of rust, right? Yes, that's right. You get a lot of rust that fl- that flakes off the baffle, which actually goes up through the middle of the water heater. The purpose of the baffle is to slow down the, the flow of gases out so you get more heat out of them. But that baffle is sort of sacrificial and then it rusts and those flakes fall down, sit on top of the burner and build up. So it is an area that needs to be cleaned from time to time. And certainly the pilot light and the thermocouple need to be occasionally replaced. And that's what I think Cassandra needs to do here. All right. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, wood stoves are a fun way to stay warm in the winter. And if you've never had one, well, we're going to have tips on what it takes to get one installed after this. Money Pit! Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm
0: Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, have you been to MoneyPit.com lately? Number one, if you haven't, the site looks amazing. It's fantastically redesigned and awesome for the new decade. But Tom and I also have a blog on MoneyPit.com, and you can read a lot of great advice about you know, money saving. You can learn insight about your current home improvement projects. Find There's out about lo- projects
2: we screwed up on. Yes,
0: seriously. Oh my gosh. I know I posted one recently about a uh, kid's room I did for a client in the city, and I put a paint on a product that already had a finish that it I didn't realize. Off. Oh my God. And I put like primer and three coats of yeah, paint. Yeah, by way of
2: full disclosure, she didn't ask me about that one first.
0: Whatever. I thought there was <laughs> nothing on it. Lesson learned. I will sand everything within an inch of its life before I even touch it. So while you're online, read about the funny things we do and learn something while you're at it. And then you can email us your questions. And I've got one here from Bridget in Florida who writes, we'd like to get a wood stove, but wonder what kind of material you can use behind and under the wood stove to make sure that it's installed safely. Is there an online supplier of such products for wood stoves?
2: Well, it's mostly something that you can construct yourself. First mm-hmm. of all, when you install wood stoves, you have to follow the manufacturer's specifications and the NFPA, the National Fire Protection Association guidelines. Now, generally, that requires three feet of space uh, between like behind, it and around. behind and to the sides of it. However, that space can be shortened By use of something called a heat shield. And the most simple way to construct a heat shield is you can use galvanized sheet metal, like 24 gauge sheet metal, and you attach it to the wall with one-inch spacers. You want to use like a ceramic spacer, Mm -hmm. and you leave it about an inch off the floor and an inch from the sides of the walls and an inch down from the top so that the air actually circulates behind this piece of metal. And that actually can help you shrink the space. You no longer need three feet, maybe you need one foot or 18 inches, and actually put it closer to a wall. But following those guidelines is absolutely critical. And you can use heat shields, though, to shrink it just a little bit. But make sure that you get it inspected. That's really important because you don't want to do anything that's unsafe.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know what, Bridget, if you're cold down in Florida, turn off the air conditioner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, here's a math question for you, Leslie. Mm-hmm. What do you need to do to add space and subtract clutter? in a busy room. We know that you know the answer to that one because that's the topic of today's edition of Leslie's Last Word.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, I think the answer to that is organization and look to spaces that you would never think about using otherwise and have become sort of, you know, a dead end in perhaps the busiest rooms in your house. Now, when you're thinking about that, Built-in desks, shelving, or even entertainment units, they're a great way to make use of those dead areas, especially in those busy, busy areas like your kitchen, your den, your office, or your living room. So when you're designing your custom furniture, you want to make sure you include plenty of shelves and drawers. And don't forget to include provisions for your computer, your phone, your faxes. And when I say provisions, I mean drill a hole in the desktop to run your cords through, or space the desktop, you know, appropriately from that back wall so you've got a channel to tuck all of those cords and tables behind. If you think about how you're going to use the space, if you're creating a work area in your kitchen, think, you know, I need a place to balance a book on if I'm copying a recipe, or I need a computer so that my kids can do their homework while I'm right here. You know, think about all of those little details. Write them down. Make a list. This way, when you start to plan the space, you know exactly how you're going to use it, what you need, and when you're done, you've truly created an efficient use of space that will help you operate your life and your family's life in such a fantastically more improved way. And when you get to the building, remember, simple box construction, even a novice do-it-yourselfer can take on with a little bit of practice. So you're not going to be overwhelmed. You're not going to find you're doing a project that's just not going to work. It's a great thing to do, and you'll feel so proud of yourself when you're done.
2: This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Coming up next week on the Money Pit, simple appliances like washers and dryers that we use safely every day can quickly turn toxic and cause big problems if they are not properly maintained. We're going to have tips on how to make sure your appliances are in good shape next time on the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler.
0: And I'm Leslie Segretti.
2: Remember, you can do it yourself.
0: But you don't have to do it alone.
3: in the Money Pit!